Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey friends, this is Stack and Pennies presented by Mobile One. Huge week, Chicago Street Course, SVG, joins us on the podcast last week, comes, takes the trophy, flies back home, and leaves us wondering what just happened. Tune in. Buckle up. This is Stack and Penny, Chicago Street Edition. Let's go. Stacking them deep, selling them cheap. It tastes like gasoline, rubber, and victory. We're just out here stacking pennies. Hey guys, I'm Corey LaJoy, driver of the number seven Celsius Camaro this week. Joined by the normal band of characters, minus one to my right, Mr. Chuck Bush, running on a solid two hours of sleep. I am physically here. And mentally gone. (laughs) Mentally, he's probably still in Chicago. I feel like, uh, and then Ryan Flores. Hey. Let's just get right into it. There's so much stuff to talk about. First off, I felt like I walked a marathon this weekend. I don't know. It was logistically, we knew it was going to be tough, but I didn't anticipate to walk. I didn't anticipate to walk as much as I did, but Chuck, I believe you might've taken the cake this week. How many steps did you accumulate this week? I think I walked two marathons just about. I, 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 I sort of rounded a little bit, but it was right around 88,000 steps that I took between Thursday and Sunday. I haven't factored in today going to the airport, you know, doing all that stuff. That doesn't so, count. Doesn't count. But uh, that 88,000 steps is roughly, depending on the speed, and I'm a fast walker at times, so I'm somewhere in that three to four and a half miles per hour when I'm walking. It's somewhere between 44 and 47 miles. Mm. You're the first person that I've ever heard calculate their walking speed in yeah. the mile an hour. Yeah, well, I've never heard that. That's yeah, but I mean, I, you do. Yeah. Like, I didn't know that. Yeah, they're like yeah. slow walkers, they're yeah. going probably – 13 you know. to 15, uh, you're, you're going 13 to 15 you mile minute at? paces. A lot of like your watches and your phones, like that. that's how they average out. Like if you do 5,000 steps, that's equivalent to, you know, based on your height, that's going to say. You're... So long story short, you walked a lot this week. Walked yeah. a lot. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Everybody walked much, a lot. Yeah. But I instantly knew when I landed on Friday afternoon and I we drove – I drove pretty much right to the hotel, then walked to the track because there was still some operating streets and they still had a lot of work to do between uh, seven, that turn seven, that right hander, the super tight one, and then uh, eight and that little carousel over, over the bridge there. That wasn't even completed on Friday night. And kudos to the NASCAR track team. They worked legitimately all night long uh, getting that wall, the barriers put up, decals put on the wall, fences put up. Uh, so I walked the track and instantly I was like, oh my goodness, like this is going to be freaking cool right in the middle of the heart of the city. And also when you walk downtown, everybody, they're on their phone, they're talking, hey, you guys coming in, into town this weekend, like you eavesdrop on all these conversations. Everybody was super excited for it to be there. And the, the overall sentiment was super positive and really and truly logistically, besides walking a long ways, like the flow was pretty good um traffic wasn't terrible you could kind of get wherever you needed to go uh, and then um 
unfortunately the weather was a bit of a hiccup it was like a freaking mon literally a monsoon what'd you say that they had more rain yesterday than they have on average the entire month of Mom, june i guess yeah that's what i read there's like yeah. it was like eight inches and there's like three for the month of june usually they, our fireman it was in our pit box is chicago fireman he said we've been in drought conditions for three weeks and sure enough, when NASCAR rolls to town, it gets torrential down. And it just spun. Like, it just, it kind of came, I don't know if it's the lake there that, that did it, but it looked like it was going by us, and then it just kept spinning almost like a hurricane. Yeah. And it just wouldn't go away. But yeah, to your point, like, we went to just Giordano's, Giordano's yeah. um, Pizza Place, and we walked in when we landed on, right before we did the Stack and Penny show on Saturday, and there's a couple TVs in front of us and we're like, Hey, can we get TV put on prac to the NASCAR race? And they're like, it's not till four 30 or whatever the experience. Race. And there's no practice on right now. It's like practice on. And they changed every TV in the whole place. Right. Yeah. And that place was yeah. packed. Like everybody was excited about it. And you know, we've been in a, in, I think a hunt you, we've talked about it and it's a, an expression that's probably overused, but in hunt for new fans. Yeah. And instead of trying to get new fans to come out to Chicago land, we just brought the race right to them. Right in their backyard. So Chuck's has a he has a stack of a every stack. single Chicago yeah. newspaper. He's got Chicago <laughs> Tribune. He's got the Chicago Suns. What are you looking at right so, there? So right, it says at O'Hare Airport they recorded uh, 3.3 inches on Sunday of rain, which shattered Chicago's previous record for July 2nd of 202. Oh my goodness! Set in 1982, and there were some areas that had nearly nine inches of. <laughs> precipitation Bro, so yeah. like there's not track, you, the racetrack had yeah, nine inches of rain there it, was there was the pit box i just found myself standing under underneath for shelter had a tire like a next gen tire width of rain yeah, you're like yo we i was walking out there and you're like yo come, come over, over here, here. I, was, I can't get to you man good luck Literally, you need a boat to get over to where i was vangusbergen's pit box was completely underwater yeah the content pod where we did uh, the spare change episode i went over to get some of the gear and it was up to probably my ankle deep where we were filming so there was a obviously a somber sentiment in the morning right because the the weather wasn't optimistic whatsoever it was literally downpouring from the time we woke up until right up until four o'clock i can still hear the flash flood alerts like going yeah. off on everybody's Xfinity phone in the hotel race was a bummer yeah with the lightning the uh, lightning smokers concert was a bummer all the pre-race stuff they had planned on saturday night got canceled which they had a, a lot of cool stuff dialed up for to really make the drivers uh expose them to the crowd of you know, however many people were going to that chain smokers concert tie the whole weekend together but unfortunately we didn't get that but i talked to friend of the show stacking pennies julie geezy uh joined us a couple months ago to tell us about it but all the hard work had culminated and we were there right we were there and i could tell she was a lot yeah. bit sad right because all the hard work is kind of dampened by pun intended the rain the mass amount of rain well she relocated how long has she lived in chicago to make this happen yeah and for dude, months a year a, over a year saturday probably. morning one of the coolest things I've ever seen, right? Like, like yeah. if it would have stayed dry, this it already is one of the coolest events I've ever been to. Yeah, it, it would have stayed the, dry. It, it would have been the coolest. It was the most fun I've ever had driving a cup car. Really, bar none. So a buddy of mine I, texted and said that this that was the coolest race that he'd seen, and he's watched stuff back to the '80s. And and everything is like all the fans and all the all the spotters have the, like these preconceived notions of how it's going to go before yeah. it even goes. Right. And everything sucks and stinks and it's dumb until you actually go do it. And then you actually proves everybody wrong. Like Atlanta repave. I had yeah. more people that don't watch NASCAR think that that's the most exciting race they've ever watched just because of the way that place races. 
also had a lot of people that don't watch NASCAR watch this race. And as a competitor, it was super fun to just be part of, to be part of, you know, the, the inaugural event. But I told back to that, I told Julie, I said, Hey, I got a, I'm drawing a silver lining out of, as it was torrential downpour. And she was kind of upset with how it all was, was working out and driver intros just like was rushed and everybody had umbrellas and they just did what they had to do to get the show on the road. But I said, Hey, you know, like the, the dreaded sophomore slump that one of these types of events potentially has the second year you come back and everybody sees it for the first time. They're like, nah, like I saw it last year. It's good. I think you're going to have even more people come next year when you have good weather mm -hmm. because they saw, and they had probably a little bit of FOMO for not going this year. Once they heard the cars ripping around the track. And I'll tell you one thing, even during the race, people in ponchos, people umbrellas all around the track, dude, they were like looking packed. underneath the fence packed. I don't know how many people were there. They were freaking packed. still coming in. So, like, I yeah. did a lap around the inside just to – and went out to the general admission area. Like, it's two, three deep all the way around just about. Mm. And when I made it back out to the main gate, there's still a steady stream of people coming in, and we're getting close to the end of stage one. Yeah. They 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 heard that it was going, and they were like, oh, I got to get back. I got to see it. Yeah. So, man, I, I can't just – I can't applaud NASCAR enough. They, they're always the one that – it's a thankless job they do, right? They, they only – people generally point out when they do something bad, and rarely do they get acknowledged whenever they do something right. They they took the financial risk to make this whole deal happen, you know, upwards of, you know, 40 to $50 million of, of what the investment was into this. And I would say even if they lost financial dollars, I think that it was a successful case study with what they were trying to achieve – it brought a ton of new fans to the sport. And it also, I felt just being a part of the weekend from start to finish, it was like, and I think I said it on Spare Change, it was like we were reading the first page of a new chapter of the sport because now it opens. Now we know that could be done. We know our cars um, perform well on a well-designed street course. They ha already have all the barriers and stuff now to do another one. I could already – anticipate i'm sure marcus smith and that smi group were just like okay we're like where are we going yeah. we going to manhattan we going to denver we going to you know fill in some some go we going to canada we going to mexico like we could scrap the roval and just come downtown charlotte i mean i have wanted to do that well, for years. i don't know now, where you could do it well hang on hang on just curb that idea because i would like to see charlotte oval have two two dates again i don't want to see anywhere have two dates hot, Ooh, take. hot, hot take i don't want to see i don't I think there's enough okay. we can do okay. it. Well, I like, yeah, I like, no, no, let's go. Let's, let's go down that path. So much more stuff to talk about. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so I, so I, I talked to uncle Jim France at, uh, on Friday night, that little welcome party they had for a little bit. And I already gave him my, my nuggets of, if it was my schedule, what I would do. I said, lose me a Roval, give me another street course, lose the Indy GP and Indy. go to, go to the brickyard. Also move Daytona. Back to the July 4th weekend because the Firecracker 400 just feels right. Move the Atlanta race, night race, to the regular season finale. So that way it's a bit of a Correct. wild card race. Hey, love that. And you should. I dig it. I dig it. Kansas once. I will I will bend and compromise with you. Charlotte once. Give me a street race in freaking around Central Park. Denver. You Denver. know, like there's – there. you know, like we're not in New York City. I don't know if they'll be willing to play ball as much as Chicago did. I don't know what that looks like, but Pocono is not far from New York City. Like we're in that market, like the Denver market, the Seattle market. Yeah, you know that's that's where I think we could head. Maybe even like Minneapolis. There's a man when I was when Detroit. I was crew chief and with, with David Mayhew, we'd oh, go Michigan. to Evergreen. Oh, yeah. We'd go up to and 
they pack those they pack places. It. Yeah, like that, that they're hungry to, for some NASCAR. And that's like, like we said, you bring it to them, right? Let's go. So have race course will travel. And one well, thing, and, one and thing. let's not get carried away. Let's go two street courses a year. I feel like it's a nice little balance. You know, maybe pull it, pull a speedway race away from from Atlanta. I think Atlanta's nice once. Maybe a Texas reconfiguration, but let's just talk about the weekend. Yeah, we can get down the schedule, hypotheticals all day. Let's talk about your weekend. All right, let's do that. How, how did it start? So I had no preconceived notions. I had limit. I didn't do very much eye race, and I did a little bit just to figure out what where the corners were and to kind of know what corners were coming up. I did about two hours in the simulator for the amount of time that we get on there. So uh, it didn't go very good because we didn't have a very good aero model, I guess, and we just left there with little confidence. I'm like, okay. I just knew I talked to Brody Kostecki. So Brody Kostecki, I was WhatsApp because like it's just oh, anytime yeah. I'm up, he's awake because he lives in Australia, right? And it's just like anytime he's awake, I'm I'm asleep. So we just texted yeah. via WhatsApp, and he is leading the V8 Supercar points, yeah. right? So Shane SVG is he's fourth and he's fourth in the championship. So I figured he was a good one to talk to, and just he gave me a he gave me like I woke up one morning to a I don't know a couple thumb swipers worth of like text, and I was like. Bro, I got, this is more information that you just give me in one text and I've received in seven years of driving. Cliff notes. Breaking shape, you know, not a big spike on the front. He said, you want your brake trace to look like a potato. I've never heard that before. Like soft into it, peek at the middle and then roll off. Something he really? also said to me that just made complete sense. He's like, street courses in particular is you got to make believe that there's a string to the brake pedal and the steering wheel. So when you when your max brake pressure, right, your 700, 800 pounds of pressure, if the string, like the string to the top of the wheel has to be straight, and as you roll your brake foot off, the string gets, that's when you can start turning the wheel. Mm, yeah. And your max wheel, you have the least amount of brake pressure, yeah. the middle corner. And I've never really had that that visual reference to do. Is that not how you, that's not how you run road courses to begin with? No, because you can generally trail off the brake more so because you go to Watkins Glen or you go somewhere like that and you can carry the brake in the corner you have to be more disciplined in street courses yeah okay that's what he was saying there yeah and then um just modulating brakes over the the bumps and stuff like that and just positioning and, and carrying the speed into the apex as opposed to getting all the braking done straight and then and then like getting one big turn and then launching uh like you would expect was a little bit different for yeah because shane carried the brake in to the corner a little bit further than you think he would yeah and and carried a lot of speed into the apex. Now there's no he that's he carried more rolling speed. Mm-hmm. Than you get in the corner deep and hard, but he also would like would carry it from trail off break into the apex faster than anybody. Yeah, which which I wondered. Back to my weekend. You get back to your weekend, but there's a lot there's a lot to unpack. Looking at his foot cam, but we'll get. Oh, to like I mean, you said on the podcast you pay for that OnlyFans. I would subscribe to an OnlyFans of SGP's feet, bro, that's with weird. shoes on. With shoes, with shoes, got to clarify that. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, and you're a big fan of his calves, but we're not going down that rabbit hole. I mean, guy had big calves. You gotta, I mean, gotta give credit I mean, where credit's worth. How else do you get a calf. car to go that fast? Big no, calf. What, a um, lead foot and big calves. It's okay. Yeah, I had no what to, what no idea. Here. So I settle in, run a couple super slow laps, just figuring out, okay, where, like, where are your visuals? There was a lot more visual distractions than i anticipated right so like your eyes just start tracking like street signs road signs really just like you're driving your regular car yeah like i missed my exit you you have to be real you had i had to tell myself to focus on like okay you're shooting for the wall right because you're in a one you are legitimately staring at a 
90 degree corner, you're staring at a concrete wall with tire packs going 140 miles an hour, just trusting that that brake marker, when you hit the 500, you just trust if you make 800, 800 pounds of pressure, you're going to make the corner. Some guys didn't. So I started creeping it in the brake zone better. And then we put tires on and I was like, okay, I can get a little more here. And we ended up seventh in practice. I was like, oh shoot, I'm starting to figure this thing out pretty good. Knew I still had a lot of speed left to go get, but that's when you start seeing guys start chunking cars, right? The 47, the four, well, the four chunked his. Two. The two, that like guys start as they start. Yeah, 31 wrecked right in front of me in practice. And I was like, okay, the the risk is now becoming almost even to what the reward is. So we get to qualify and you're looking at SMT and these guys are starting to go a little faster and a little faster. And I just didn't anticipate the amount of grip. I picked up about a half second. And some of the fast guys picked up about a second from practice qualifying. And we went from, we finished, we qualified 19th. And you saw the the nine chunk it. You saw the four chunk it. Um, you know, and I, just, I knew, and those guys, dude, shout out to the four team, the 47 team, the nine team. Two car, the two guys. The two guys. Like those guys that I talked to Alan on Sunday morning, they worked till 1130 at night because they had to tear down they had yeah. completely new rebuild their backup car they got there at eight o'clock in the morning in the torrential downpour to finish the car up they had to roll through tech yep so those guys literally had five hours of sleep built that car for chase and then it all worked out to where he got some track position and finished third i believe but um back to our days qualified 19th i'm like dang it i feel like i could have if I would have just ramped up the intensity like a couple notches, I could have maybe got in the final round of 10. But it, it, in, at the end of the day, I was like, okay, at least my guys aren't working until midnight putting a, putting a backup card. Yeah, that would be a big setback. That would be a huge setback. And Especially with Hendrick. They, they got four teams. Four teams you yeah, know, they Penske had 30 guys working teams, on that day. You know, you guys don't. No, we'd had four guys working on it and me. Well, the 77 would have came over and helped. You yeah. Imagine. But still, it would have not have been a good weekend, right? Yeah. So – Rifle off in the race. Well, so then, you know, you watch Xfinity race and they were between wets and dries and they get the lightning hold and a couple different times it just kept lightning, like every 10 minutes, lightning, lightning, lightning. So they postponed those guys to the morning and then it was just unraceable, too much standing water for those guys in the morning. So like, hey, we're going to change the rules here. We're just going to award points. We just got to get this show on the road. Thanks for coming. It needed um, to be done. Needed, we got to be done. Yeah. And then – you know, all the drivers are that we do the intros, we do the, they even did the national anthem. All the drivers, most of the drivers, I was hanging out in pit road. There's a couple other guys, but a lot of them walked back to the driver's lounge, took their fire suits off. They were like ready, ready to leave. To leave yeah. yeah. They were like, I'm about to go back to the hotel and get something to eat. And they're literally on the drive, like it, the sky just started brightening up, stopped raining. And it's like, drivers to your cars. And guys were thrashing, getting their fire suits on, running. I was already like buckled up. It was five o'clock, and it was like, all right, hey, they're gonna call. It was like four fifty-seven, yeah. yeah. and they're That's like, it. hey, they're gonna call this thing at five. Yeah, five o'clock came, fifteen minutes till green. Yeah, and they were everybody was like, oh. yeah, yeah. Denny walked by me. He goes, yeah, they're gonna call this thing in about fifteen twenty minutes, and about ten minutes later, drivers to your cars. <laughs> I was like, oh, the tides have changed. I never lost hope. I would be interested to see. Um, hear his take on his podcast this i was week. i was curious to hear that as well he, uh, there was nobody more pissed off looking walking to their car than him before before the race. like he looked mad that they were gonna like because he even tweeted like tomorrow looks like a great day well he so i sat next to him in the driver's meeting and he was looking at a lot of data from like wet weather watkins Glen, roval to fire tire fall off like him and i were both like 
do you know what the hell to do in the rain? I don't know what to do in the rain. You don't know. Like he had very like well, as little as confidence as anybody else going into the rain, and he was on the pole. So I but think it, but that it's different than going to walk at Glen or yeah. Sonoma because you're there's rubber built up on the track there. Yeah. So you run offline. There's no right. rubber. At and place. there's runoff as well. If you block a tire up, you just go a little wide a little bit and then you come back on the racetrack. It was like, it was a tense vibe before the race. Cause all yeah. the drivers like, Oh boy, what, like what's going to happen. So then we fire off in the race and the, it was super slick, bro. Like I can't even begin <laughs> to tell you how like Goodyear makes a great rain tire, but I was following Kyle Bush. He started right in front of me past y'all didn't even make it past turn one yet. And y'all were already right put the us. anchor out. Yeah. So we passed a couple, we got to like 12th and 13th and i could see kyle into six like a little bit like three feet deeper like uh, the marker in the dry was like 500 if you were being really aggressive in the wet it was like 700 and it was more of like a roll off like and then like slow into the break just kind of get the thing settled down and i could like every break zone i could see kyle like two, like inch more a little more confidence he goes into six and i could just see the retires go <laughs> stop and he was like trying to let off the brake trying uh -oh. to get the back tires going and it was like ear, ear, and it started picking up speed i'm like oh <laughs> boom r.i.p to you yeah That's... like if you went in there three feet too deep and you locked the tire up it was just like it just took up like picked up speed yeah so i think i drove like 11th got behind the past the 48 him and i got into a little shoving battle i don't i guess he didn't like me passing him or something then he tried to wreck me caution comes out they he got his spot in front of me we get going a little bit Did he give you the finger or anything no he just, he gave me a hard enough bumper to where that was i get, felt like that was a metaphorical finger but get back going and there starts to become a little bit of a dry line i don't even know what lap number that was i knew i was in a pretty good spot for track position the car was feeling pretty good i was starting to get some confidence guys weren't actually driving away like you i saw like the fourth fifth sixth place guys like right in front of me yeah i'm like oh man i'm actually like competitive here love that is you right around lap 20 lap 21 when folks started putting on slicks okay. so that's about when i think the line was starting okay. to yep so sparks has now also with all the trees and buildings and stuff in between the track radio transmission sucked like it was clear job so is that you're clear you're doing a great job yeah something like that and you got three different spotters and you don't know who it is and you don't know when the transitions are so sparks says hey i want to be in the front side of slicks whenever you find it whenever you get a dry line so i came back on i'm like there's a dry line coming within the next couple laps here be ready and uh he was like yeah, 10 4, need more drive? I'm like, no, no, I don't need more drive. There's a dry line. <laughs> you know, 10 4. So that same lap, TJ Bell was spotting the backside and he's like, <laughs> pitting this time. And I was like, okay, I guess we're pitting this time. I feel, uh, I guess he feels good about putting slicks on. Well, he was telling me that the 48 was pitting this time. So my guys just no helmets on, chilling. They weren't expecting me for another 10 laps, right? So I pull in right behind the 48. We pull in and they didn't even have tires aired up or nothing like it was a 45 second pit stop i'm just watching people drive by me put dries on apparently when you put dries on you have to pull some sort of cover that you, you guys pull the as well. cover out of the nakaduck in on the, the windshield window. didn't know i didn't know you had to do that either we had yeah. to come back for it so we had a 45 second green flag pit stop and then also a pass through to put to pull this windshield nakaduck off so then we went from 11th to like 23rd i was like shucks Caution comes out. We were actually making decent speed there. Caution comes out. A couple guys pit. 
we were like 21st and we come to the green and I was like, by the time the leaders rolled into the restart zone at that point in time, I was like coming off of 11 and that's where all the standing water was. And I just tipped into the gas. And next thing I know I was backwards. I spun right out come like, wasn't even green flag yet. I'm like, Oh no, downshift the neutral, get it cranked back up. So sparks was like, well, like pit now. So he was already on top of, okay. Okay. He's figuring sunsets at eight. Yeah the rate at which this race is going, like we can only get to 80 laps. He was figuring they were going to shorten it up to lap 80. We came and pitted, put tires on it, put gas in it so we can make it to lap 80 before they even called anything. So we got it there, had clean track. And that was when I ran, I was the fastest car on track for like eight or nine laps. So the caution comes out because I didn't have anybody in front of me. Right. I was just making time. Re-rack it. All the guys who thought they needed gas to make it to either 90 or 100, I don't know what they were planning on, pit. So we cycled to like 13th uh, and were able to maintain track position there. Uh, that's when the 24 plugged it in the fence there in 11. The four spun out. Somebody sm pushed me into it, and then we just blocked the track like we talked about. You called it. I called it. I just didn't – glad I <laughs> – like I actually am glad that I was one in front of it because they gave me our spots back, which – Obviously, Ooh, there's people are a, mad about that. Rightfully so, but but if they're gonna give it, take it. I'm yeah, gonna make take it. Well, and if if they were gonna give everybody their spot back, I look, I watched the race back or watched that wreck back a couple times, and the 24 caused the wreck, and he was also getting passed simultaneously, and they put him back in front of everybody. Yeah, I didn't agree with that. If if they go off of timing lines, though, that's how they go yeah. off of it, and it's it's a, I think it was wrong, but it's a new yeah. instance. And if that's where the caution came out, yeah, it's like, eh. Well, I, I appreciate NASCAR giving us our spot back because you don't want people in line just smashing their way through to try to maintain pace because that's what was happening. Like guys were freaking smashing into yeah. each other just to get through a hole because yeah. that's where they were going to cycle out to. Like, I guess we were involved in the crash, but we were just stopped just like everybody else was. And we just yeah. couldn't get going because people were literally smashing us back the wrong way yeah. as we were don't, trying don't, to get. Don't. Yeah, it's like, dude, let us freaking get straightened out. Restart 13th, and then I drove in the fence like the four did in qualifying in turn one. I was behind somebody, misjudged it. Boom. And it took my wheel from 12 o'clock to like 9 o'clock, and it bent my freaking left front. That? We talked about I that on it. Spare Change. I know. You just can't see it. Like the, th the three really – Oh. He was going for the lead, maybe, and plugged it. He was chasing it. the thirty-one, and I, yeah. I, I was like, "Man, dude, that was a big one." It was like it was going to be a good race too, yeah. and then I was like, "Oh, he did it!" Yeah, like, we called it. So I did that a little bit, not quite as bad, and it towed the left front in like an inch. So the rest of the race, I was like turning it like twice in the middle of the corner, playing defense. It took a lot of speed out of our car, so luckily I was able to just block and tackle, and um, you know, some. Ryan Priest was nice to me. He had a couple opportunities to ship me. Uh, I was nice to William. I had a couple opportunities to move him out of the way, but um, brought it home 14th. That's 11th, 20th, and 14th at the road courses so far this year. So That's good. Been putting a lot of hard work in, trying to get better at it, and it's starting to pay off, so I like that. Yeah. Uh, had the 10th fastest lap of the race. But stacking. Stacking them pennies. deep, selling them cheap. Just one little bit at a time, getting better at it. Somebody who had a – lap that was over a second faster than the next fastest car svg yeah can literally can we time out we'll, we'll, we'll I gotta, time i'm gonna piss my pants hey 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. For me, race day is a great reason to shut down the laptop, put the phone on silent, and simply enjoy the driving. But Mobile One wants to remind you that you can get the same kind of escape any day of the week. How? By simply hopping in your car, rolling the windows down, and hitting the road. No emails, no calls, no work, just freedom. Mobile One, for the love of driving. All right, now that our bladders are empty, we can talk about the guy who uh, flew over here, came on the podcast. And left the rest of the cup drivers empty-handed. Ooh. Mm. Yes, he did. Yeah. And also scratching our heads like, Jesus, are we that bad at road course racing? <laughs> Street course racing. Street, yeah. It's, uh. So I would even, like, I even thought that, too, you know, if it was at Sonoma or at Watkins Glen or a place that the majority of the cup guys have a lot of experience at, is he's not that dominant. Yeah. He would be a contender for sure. But the fact that, and he even said in his, in his post-race presser, like, over half of the races on the V8 supercar circuit are street courses. Yeah. And I could even say it's probably a f- thing to bring up of like, there's nobody in the world that has as much street racing experience with as, as as close and similar as a car of the next gen car as that guy. Yeah. I don't think you'd be wrong. Independent rear suspensions, sequential well, shifting, they had a brakes are the same. Closed diff. Have, yeah, a probably lot a lot diff, diff, yeah. Which makes them even harder to drive because they don't want to turn. Yeah. Like he, he mentioned He makes that. them turn, yeah. So And also, there's everybody wants to talk about road course ringers coming in from like the inception of NASCAR, right? You'd get a Borset, you'd get a Ron Fellows and come there, and he they'd be in contention to win. Majority of the time, they were just bush races, and there'd be, you know, you know Jeff Gordons and Tony Stewart's win the cup races, and those Ron Fellows guys, the ringers, would be in the top five, but – Rarely do you get a guy that's at the top of their career anywhere. You know, you get the Kimmies and you get the Jensen's who are on, like, they're just kind of hobby racing now. No, that's not not because Jensen and those guys are strong. I just think they come from it. All right. Oh, I might get roasted for this. I think that, like, I don't think Lewis Hamilton can come and do what he did because I think they come not for not. I think they come from an easier car to drive from an aspect of not speed and down, but like I, I I saw making it do what you want to do. Well, I saw, for instance, it said Scotty McLaughlin learned downforce in X amount of races because those cars don't have a ton of downforce. So the discipline to run a car with infinite counts of downforce yeah. is much different than getting a heavy block of steel and fiberglass or whatever it is around a corner. A corner. Yeah. And he is very good at that. And has been very good at that. And I think that He's their been, cars are, yeah. you know, listen to him, they have a little bit less tire, about the same motor. They have to use the clutch to shift. Yeah. Like, I, and I wonder. He's right front braking. Which... The question I have for you guys is with SMT, how much do you look at, okay, he doesn't need to use the clutch to shift, but yeah. he was maybe just because that's what he knows how to do. Yes, have But it. how much do you look at like, oh, maybe he, maybe that lets him roll into the corner a little bit faster. Maybe there's something there. I, I don't know. It does something. I mean, how hard would you be on SMT looking at that 
or you know having your guys look at that for the next time you go race road really course. hard dude uh really hard but then that's also just reprogramming what you've been learning all along if you know if you're not confident with right foot braking it's going to be different i mean he was right foot braking blipping the throttle which seemed like for probably the 32 other guys watching him do it, it's like that's a little bit unneeded work but then you look at the score this the timing sheet and he's you know way faster than everybody else i, I felt like the 20 car was better than him and the yeah. 19 open track passed them. Yeah. The 19 the, passed them. The, 40, they got out the of 45 shape. was good. The 45 augered his stuff in the fence. When it was damp, it was starting to dry out. Everybody was on slicks, and he got into six too hard and plugged it. I don't see. The 20 drove away from him. Like, I watched his in-car, and I and the 20 just drove off, and I'm like, man, the only thing he doesn't have is a Toyota because the Toyotas were that strong. Toyotas had a lot of rear grip. He executed. And they didn't. Like yeah. the 20 car, I heard a lot of chatter, and I don't know if it was true, that they were mad about them cutting the race short. And like, yeah, they ruined our strategy. But they were in front of the 91 when yeah. he wrecked. Like yeah. the 91 came from 18th. And that's that's like the typical, you're either going to find an excuse or you're going to find victory lane. Which one's it, what's it, what's it going to be? Yeah. So, dude, he did everything he, he had to do and then throw it, everything else away, had to do a green-white checkered restart. Yeah. yeah. And executed well can we also point out hey i'm glad we went single file restarts yes same. it made the race yes like yeah it it took a it saved us from ourselves. right especially in the damp i mean because there was one dry line one wet line and you've been fighting half on one half on the other and then you just had wreck after wreck it after had been wreck. that scene from blues brothers where all of the cop cars are wrecking yeah it, yeah. it had just been, it had been not good so I, I applaud nascar and the competition side there for just being like hey single file restarts and then just sticking with it even when everybody went on slicks so uh, i think that that pretty much single-handedly made that event where it wasn't where the crashes weren't the focal point it was the overall show and the event was the focal and the crashes were there was enough of them to still be good and interesting but yeah as much as everybody myself yourself included hammers you know the the race procedure at times, they, they did a great job this weekend. No doubt. What'd you have, Chuck? I was just going to say, um, it, it, it felt like as the track started to dry a little bit, you remember at Watkins Glen last year, Kimmy goes out there and in the wet, he's doing well. And then it dried up and then everybody started to, you know, oh yeah, NASCAR drivers, Watkins Glen, we know what we're doing here. Yeah. And because, I mean, that's, this was what, the fourth, fifth time we've run the wet tires in competition. I don't know. I don't know. It's 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 not. There is not a large notebook. No, no. The the cup drivers have very minimal rain experience. Yeah. I mean, like there's. You can ask anybody. No, I mean nobody's really confident. But some guys just push the issue a little bit. Or it's. I mean, it's really just about the car can probably take a lot more of speed than what the drivers are giving it in the wet just because you're so far under what you think the capability is because all it takes is one little lockup and your day's over. But it was, yeah, it was uh, It was really cool out. I thought it transitioned from wet to damp to kind of dry and then not even full dry because there were still places where there was standing water and water kind of running in, so you had to watch That's your brakes. That's got zones. the 20 car. Yeah. yeah. He moved a foot over too far to the right, and there was water next to the yep. fence, and he wrecked. Yeah, it's a, he just locked the right front tire up, and it was over for him. But the point that I was going to make is that I thought we were going to see what Kimmy did, like, Here's a guy that you know understands yeah. wet weather racing, and, yeah, and then and he faded as as the track started to dry, and then you saw the fact that this guy has three championships and is fourth in the all times win all time wins list in the Australian Supercar Series. Like I think with, he showed us with now a legitimate with a legitimate 
structure and opportunity to potentially come run here full-time, I think. And well, I, th I think someone also said that that car was the same one that Suarez ran at Sonoma. That was pretty good. So let's, yeah. And won let's, at the, his winning car at Sonoma. That's crazy that, like, you think, eh, they're all the same, but maybe not. Uh, there's there's something I got a little more love on them than others. But he didn't do it by himself, right? And you look at the group that was around him, and I, I, I noticed this last night. Sean from Alpha Vision put up the Project 91, kind of did a docu-series. And I watched that and just kind of saw how he interacted with his with his engineer and Darian and how Darian was leading him. Hey, this is what we're going to focus on. This is what's important. This is how we're going to run pit road. This is what you're going to have to look out for. He had a lot of opportunity to give it away. Yeah. And just to get to the point in the race where, okay, yes, he's 18th, but you get to the top five, top six, when he got behind Logano and made quick work of Logano, I was like, some <laughs> bitch is coming. And then he made quick work of Kyle Busch. Yeah. And then, like, to, to get to that point of the race, to be like, okay, now I can showcase what I'm doing, that's hard enough because there's so many points in the race. You can when, lock a tire up and stuff it. But when there's got mixed bag of strategies and you lose track position or you you get yourself in a bad spot on a restart, that's the type of stuff where he executed. And Perfect. I knew he would have speed. And I knew he would be good, yeah. but to be able to execute in that situation, talk about all the guys around him, Gary Putnam, they prepare a great race car, nothing broke. Their pit crew, they weren't the fastest in the world, but they got it done. Yeah. You know, they, their preparation was great. And, and for what, Justin, this has got to be like one of the best feelings ever for Justin Marks and, you know, tip, tip of the cap Two weeks to in him. a row yeah, for two, Trackhouse. Two weeks in a row. He, one, he wins in Nashville. His hometown, but and then wins the first street when race you, when you go with out on his limb Project Ninety One. Like yeah, that. you have a vision of Project Ninety One. This is it. This is it. Like this is okay because you see all the people that were like, I didn't even know who this guy was. Yeah. I had to Google him. Yeah, and it's broadened our horizons. You see all the all the people from Australia, New Zealand, and across the world. It's made it world news, and I, I love it. I loved every minute of it, dude. It made NASCAR look. And not the fact that he won necessarily, but the, just the overall event and everything just made NASCAR and the sport look so cool. And I thought, I just, I was so. So you're not on the side of the fence like Chase Elliott is, where he thinks that he made everybody look bad? That's what Chase Elliott said? Yeah. Chase Elliott well, said it I, made everybody look me, bad. To me, it's Jean Girard with a cooler accent. But okay, SVG is. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm no. not going. But no, here, I'm not going Ricky Bobby. No. Here, to, so. Last night after the race, I was eating some deep dish pizza with Strickert, and we were drinking some beers. And he he described that move when he overtook Justin Haley as like the the scene in Top Gun where Maverick says, "I'm going to pull the brakes and just he's going to fly by." It's like he was toying with him almost, and then he the way he crossed him up and did this, he just all right, cool, I'm going to do this, and boom, gone, checked out. Justin Haley had some fighting him. He crossed him back. Yeah. They, they, it was a good yeah, race. Yeah, it was, it was a clean. good dog fight. Kudos to him for. And I, this was, I was like, man, the nine and the thirty-one, especially the nine, is desperate to make the playoffs. Mm -hmm. The thirty-one, they got to throw Hail Mary to make the playoffs. Yeah. So I'm like, man, they're just gonna like just ship this guy and be done with them. Yeah. And go on and duke it out by themselves. And sorry, yeah. man. Welcome yeah. to America. Yeah. And I was so happy they didn't do that. Yeah. 
They I thought just... Chase was sitting in position that Haley and 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 Shane were gonna wreck, and boom, there's Chase. He gets his win. He's in the playoffs. I thought but, that was gonna be the storybook sunset ending that we were Shane gonna get. But Shane was so fast that he didn't have to do that. And he, he just... also he also would put himself in the offensive position Correct. all the time. He never put himself in a bad spot to where somebody could take advantage. Never of Never rushed him. a pass. Yeah. He put them in a bad spot. Yep. And and the person I equate him the most to is like Kyle Larson. And yeah. Larson, I mean, Larson was the first one out there, like, giving him thumbs up and was yeah. so pumped up for him because he knows what it takes to go into different disciplines of racing yeah. and to dominate. And, yeah, he makes it look easy at times, but it's not. And he knows it's not. Yeah. And, I, you know, there's probably a little bit of love there because he runs, you know, That's just Vangus Bergen runs yeah. 410 sprint cars in New Zealand. No and, doubt. You know, I mean, hey, real recognizes real, man. Game recognizes game. That's it. But, yeah, it was the only thing Hang I disagree on a with. Why? The only thing I disagree with is he said that any of the top 10 in supercar points could do that right now. I think that that was a little bit of a humble brag, but I don't think that any of none of the top 10 there, I don't think are three-time champions or fourth on the all-time win list. So That is true. And who knows? Like you, you, you get If you're racing against that guy every week and you start learning his tendencies, you're definitely going to get faster. Right. Yeah. So there, there might be three or four. I know Brody freaking wheels. Brody wheels. You know, but to, to, there's one thing having the pace is that. There's one thing, like you mentioned, having the racecraft and execution. I can't say he's wrong, though. I don't know. Yeah. I just, I don't know any, I can't name one other guy besides Brody Kostecki and Shane Van Gisbergen. That's all I know over there. Yeah. But I'm sure there's some guys that wheel. Now, come to Bristol Night Race. You know, come to Nashville is probably Dude, a different story. They're crazy enough, though. Like they'll send it for I, sure. This I mean, makes me really want to see Scotty in one of our cars. Yeah, dude. Like, like I, and I like seeing him in IndyCar. I think it's great. But man, I just I think those Kiwis and those Australians are full full body. Bro, they wrestle kangaroos and stuff. They they're not scared. This opens the door for Ricardo. Even though, <gasps> yeah. Well, and also now, like, if there was, and there might not be this scenario with, with Justin and his ability to go get the big names and we've already seen them have some big names in that car obviously kimmy and and now shane but this is already a now a proven concept to where he he can go to daniel he ricardo he can go to yeah now they want what he's in. done yeah yeah like, you, you know just getting in an extra car no no you're getting in the a race winning car yeah like yeah. it is not a teammate to a race winning car this this project 91 goes to the racetrack with all the t parts and pieces to be able to, to win a race. so That shows the depth of Trackhouse, track house too. Like, like sure. we said, Gary Putnam, James Folly, Darian Grubb, these are guys that like are racers, racers. Well, also, you know, the, the key partnership with GM, and, you know, they he can go in the simulator and, and look at what yeah. Kyle Larson's doing. They can but it's still people that make them go around. No doubt. It's still the people that make them go around the track. People you can have preparation. all the equipment, all the computers you want. Yep. You don't have the people to run it. And that's, you know, kudos to – what Justin Marks has been able to do in the last two years, three years of that team is like uber impressive, super, especially, I think you can, I think you can appreciate it as a fan, but when you work in the industry, it's like, he's been able to do stuff that Chip Ganassi, one of the he's know, been, pioneers he's, of, of racing one, he, in America. One, he's done things that people have always, always wanted to maybe try to do. And then he's also doing things that people have never even thought about. Yeah. It just how they're how they're packaged in that car, that that particular Project Ninety One, but also just marketing themselves, touching all sorts of different disciplines of racing and golf, and they're just man, they're spreading it all out and winning. They say winning fixes everything, but also it it can freaking make a lot of good stuff happen. What 
What is your take on Chase saying that he made them all look stupid? I don't. SVG made everybody look stupid? Yeah. Well, that so okay. So I, I thought that he was referring to the race made it by no, 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 no. He said um, that, he said we make this. That, guy that sounds like silly. a chase comment, right? Because like he's the first guy to get out and be like, I just wasn't good enough today. I, that guy come in here and made us all look bad. He, yeah, you you could look at that and and also, but Shane didn't get out and say these guys are bums. Like it was easy. But if you're if you were, I wouldn't expect. If I could bet, I'd have put ten grand on that guy this weekend. Like I would would not put the house on it, but I would have bet a large sum of money that SVG was going to be in contention to win that race because man, being in contention and winning a cup race are two far different things. For sure, so to be but, able to execute but it but is to have, so impressive. You couldn't have a better situation to get yourself into than what he had this yeah. weekend, right? Just the fact that no, there might have been collectively, and I don't know how many races, street races that McDowell and, and AJ, but those are the only two guys, maybe Austin Cindric, that have had any road street racing experience. So he's already got two legs up on the competition just of knowing how to approach a street race. So, But then again, he was first in practice, qualified third, left some on the table, and then he just chipped away at it all day and found himself yeah. in victory lane. Some Something too, Chuck, super cool at the end of the race, right? All the cars pulled down pit road. Place was freaking pumped. Like the fans were just into it. He's doing burnouts on, on the front stretch, standing on the roof. There was like thousands of people on pit road. Like there was people helping push my car back. Yeah. There was with a little bit of a safety concern, maybe security. But uh, I liked it. I liked it personally. Like it looked like when like Chapel Hill wins the yeah. Yeah, the it looked like Franklin every, Street. Yeah, everybody storms. The and street. they're just pushing cars down there. And I was like, this is a little bit of a. This is like, are, are these people allowed to be out here? That's all right. But like. I thought I thought it was freaking cool in my fire suit and everybody's like, "Yes, the fans are out there outside the gate." NASCAR, NASCAR, and then the pedicab, Chuck. <laughs> well, you got a, you got a bike can, ride back. Can I can I close the loop on Shane Van Gisbergen? Yes, because I got a quick. great story to wrap this up. Shane Van Gisbergen. I said Ginsbergen. I love yeah. hearing Dale Jr. trying yeah. to pronounce that. He called him something different every time. <laughs> so he he became the first driver to win their first Cup Series start since Johnny Rutherford won his Daytona 500 qualifying race for Smoky Eunuch in 1963. So in the, he's the first guy in the modern term, era. Modern yeah. Era, yeah, and he became the first road course specialist to win in a one-off effort. Mm. Like they're, like mm. since uh, Mark Donahue mm. got Penske Stud. their first win. So. Loved every minute of it. Yeah. yeah. So you got done with the race and you got on a little bike. Yeah, I so, wanted to take one of those bike taxis all weekend. I only saw one after the race. So I had my backpack with just like all the stuff they gave you. They gave you like a couple bottles of tequila and they like the city and the sports, uh, Chicago sports commission, uh, Julie and the track gave just like box of cookies, a uh, bunch of stuff. So I, I had like, was loaded down with my fire suit and this and that. And you got roller bags and backpacks. And I was like, Overwalking, you know, like heart rates up from the race, adrenaline still pumping. Like I just want to, like, sit in something and get me to where I gotta go. You couldn't get an Uber because it was shut down. No, it was shut down. So and like, they'd have been charging you astronomical oh, rates. Well, and I would have, <laughs> I would have much rather taken an Uber. Come to find out, so I first guy in line. Yo, man, you feeling strong tonight? Yep, yep. Where you gotta go? Gotta go to this hotel. Okay. You know, you know, do you want to know how much it's going to be? I was like, no, man, just freaking take me there. And, <laughs> yeah, about halfway, and about halfway through, I was like, oh, no. 
like so i'd make that video fired off on uh fired over to for social media he's going i want this guy must get a top 15 bonus <laughs> yeah. yeah so i get i get to the hotel and he's got like his phone with like a little deal on top 200 dollars chuck <laughs> could have bought that thing for 200 i know bucks. that's what I, I was like damn it like take me back i said <laughs> like take me back what did he say he he was, to be fair he gave you an out he did he did yeah that's but nice. i want to know and to be honest did you tip him? No, I didn't tip him. <laughs> okay, a tip, he, price he factored the tip in already. Upcharge like, yeah, was yeah. plenty of tip. Yeah. How, I how figured, far was I it? I figured like sixty bucks, eighty bucks. How far was it? How many miles? Uh, eighty bucks would be. It a was lot. about a mile. About a, it might have been. It might. That's pretty good miles per gallon. <laughs> um, it was like probably. It was on the other side of the river. They got um, electric motors on them too. I know. My man did zero work <laughs> and played some bogus music the entire way and charged me two hundred bucks. And I was, love that. But for him. <laughs> yeah. that guy got the him. pennies this weekend. That guy is not the penny stacker. <laughs> yes, he, he is. Took, He's he took yes, steel. Really. Yeah, that guy's the penny taker of the yeah. week. Shout out to that guy for just bending me over on a pedicab. Oh. Um, but you know, you'll have that sometimes. Yeah, and. Li- valuable life's lesson. When somebody asks, "Do you want to know what it's going to cost?" You just say yes, yeah, just yes. to be curious. I want to uh, know up front. Yeah, you're right. feeling good about it. Well, first it might have been 15. 100 bucks if I asked the first time, right? And it'd be like 100 But he had the right to think about, like, oh, this guy, he don't care. And <laughs> this I, guy doesn't sound like At the time, he realized that I didn't care. It was the same time I realized, like, oh, I had made a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I immediately regret this decision. <laughs> I immediately, so I ordered some pizzas for the guys, and we got in our cars, headed to the plane, and headed home. And I, I overall, I was just – Deep you know, dish or thin crust? No, I'm not a deep dish Chicago guy. Dude, I don't want to eat a. I don't want to eat a free. No, I don't want to eat a loaf of bread with a with just a can of don't tomato sauce. I don't like it. it either. But I had a slice and yeah. it was fabulous. Where'd you go? Giordano's. Giordano's. Huh? Yeah, and we, we had a thin crust and a and a thick crust. Lou Malnati's. Yeah, pretty good. The, the thin, Any, the, anything the thin else? Crust is good. Anything else you had? Um, there was a tweet from uh, Mario Andretti. Yeah, he tweeted at Mario. Okay. Yeah, said solid performance from Shane, which another fun fact, there have only been six international winners in the NASCAR Cup Series, including Mario Andretti, Marcus Ambrose, Juan Pablo Montoya, Earl Ross, and Daniel Suarez. So Mm. two of which are for track house. What are the chances we see him come back? I'm probably pretty pretty high. I mean, I would think so. He said on the show that, you know, hey, maybe try an oval. Yeah. I could, I mean... I would want to test if I was him, I'd want to test myself on an oval. Well, not even test yourself. I I think that now that he is a proven winner on a road course, if we have five or six road courses a year, you have a legitimate chance to win one of those. Track house or probably any other team would be willing to take a risk to put him in a car full time and just take the lumps on the ovals, let him back a couple in the fence, let him learn the hard way of arrow spots you don't want to be in, and then give yourself a chance to win a road course and be in the playoffs. I mean, that's a legitimate shot. I mean and He's also, if you wanted to look at the all-time win list, like Marcus Ambrose isn't in the top 10 in all-time win list of V8 supercars. But if you think about it, like what he's built a hell of a career there. Would he want to come here? He's only 34. But like, would, but why does not? he want to or does he want to? Like he, he said, can, he, he can said make, to us He can make right good here, money. He said to us sitting right here. I'm sure he does just fine. But he said to us right here, I've always ever just wanted to race supercars. That is true. That's what I want to do. Right, so if he wants, if he wants to do it, if he wants to get to be P one on the all time win list, 
he's gonna have to stay there and do that. So it just depends on where his passion is too. I'm sure he's doing just fine. You ain't having a Red Bull sponsor and not paying the rent. Oh right? yeah, like, he, he ain't worried about paying the rent. Mark yeah. Sambrose is a two-time Supercar champion okay. with 28 wins, how many 66 starts? podiums, 147 starts. Okay, so how many would he have if he didn't come here in the peak of his career? Yeah, because he right. his, his championships right. were in 03 and 04. And when did he move over to NASCAR? His first start was in 08. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, that's miss, right when he's... He was he was an awesome character. He's fiery. He was fiery. Who did he punch Casey Mears? Oh, uh, Richmond. Oof. Worked yeah. him over. Yeah. And, I mean, that finish at Watkins Glen is one of the, like, all-time... All-time best. Yeah. Yeah. The wheel yeah. man. Yeah. And, you know, I, I mean... SVG's that dude, man. So, like, looking at the, you know, I, I picked up some newspapers I in Chicago. Stack of it. Yeah, I got a stack of newspapers because there's just some good stuff. But I really wonder, you know, how he said that when Mark Sambros did well in the Cup Series, even if he didn't do well, they were this checking in won, to see where he did. And yeah. Marcus ran eight. This was Marcus's day. Yeah. I wonder what the news is like in New Zealand. And even in Australia. I mean, it's got to be huge. I'm going to say New Zealand first because that's his home country, man. Give yeah. the Kiwis the love that they need. <laughs> he also, yeah. quick to point out, like, it's different. He's not yeah. from Australia. A little yeah. bit offensive, he said. <laughs> the, the, yeah. the under the breath comment that he made, it's like if you if you said to an American, you know, like, it's like it's, you're from Canada. You're from Canada. I'd be like, uh, yeah. what, sir? Like, he mm-hmm. said that at the end, and I didn't think anybody caught yeah. it. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I knew it because cause George, our good friend, and, and going back to that, I mean, I don't know what his first start was, maybe 08, 09, when Shane got into the series. But he was young, and it was the, he said this Insulation. is the Joey Logano of over there because Joey was the guy at that point. Yeah. And he's like, this kid is the real deal. And I've known about him since then. And when they announced this, I'm like, man, if they get we, – we even said this to ourselves, like if they get this guy – We're in be, trouble. Gonna be going to be trouble. It, oh. could be, it could potentially be trouble. And – not, not a knock against Kimmy or Jensen Button. Jensen Button put in the top 10 qualifying. Uh, of qualifying, but we touched on it last week, and I'll say it again. Jensen Button spun out getting a pit road, and he didn't execute. He had the speed, but he didn't execute because he's not in the trenches every week. Yeah, This guy is in the trenches every week. Yeah. He's leaving here. He's flying home today, and he's racing this weekend where he's fourth in points and has a chance to go win supercar races with a team that's built around him. Yeah, Like, if you are not in it, you don't just – dip your toe in the water and go right. win a cup race. No. You got to be a full-blown race car driver. Yeah. And that's where, like, for the F1 yes. guys that have made millions and are kind of hanging out and come over here and yeah. do it for the gram, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to be the, the have to. You don't have that dog in them. No. Like, Shane, SVG got that dog oh, in them. Oh, he's got that dog in them. You can see them calves. That calf's got. <laughs> and a kangaroo. <laughs> barking, barking dog. That dog got some big calves. Yeah. I don't know how to Dingo. check this stat, but I wonder – internationally if anyone has won a major series like gone from nascar to another major series in another country and won back-to-back weekends like if he um, went and won this i mean weekend. i could see like mario or like a dan gurney potentially back yeah. in the day kyle larson goes from cup to world outlaws different though it different but i mean it's it's their major series yeah it's true you know it's so peak, it's yeah but it's but it's not the the main series in the country and that's also not the it, it's probably even more. T- I mean, you go from literally asphalt to dirt. It's not yeah. even the same surface. I think. I mean, I, I think that this is like a crossover. It's a crossover esque of like what Kyle Larson does on a for on a sure. Game. You know, I agree. The guys with that. he races against are top notch and, and at their discipline. Do. Yeah. So I, I can see the the parallels, but the payout and the level of of it's competition and how much money people are getting paid to try to beat you is way more at the Cup Series yeah. than it is at, yeah. at Eldora. 
Let's talk about Pit Road. Why don't we talk about some Pit Road stuff? Pit Road Boats and Woes coming up right after this. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, you and I had similar woes this weekend. The woe of which, not really knowing the full rules of having to pull off. It wasn't yeah, like a... You didn't uh, have to change a woe link, though. We did. You had to change a woe link? Yeah, woe link. That's which, right. which, which right corner? Right front, woe link. What, where do you hit it? On the wall. I put no it. I don't corner? know. I don't, he just said, oh, I wrecked. Like, that's all. <laughs> oh, I wrecked. All right, come so to us. It was freaking easy to do that. My, my woe link was bent. I think we're gonna start trademarking that. I like the woe link, link. because <laughs> yeah. when you when you bend that some you are nothing but a woe. Oh yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, well, I think I got maybe a little bit more than that, but the seventy-seven he bent some woe links as well. Yeah, it ended his day in between oh, four guys. and five there. Flat sided it. It's easy to do. Looked like it, and then it's where the widest part of the track, but it looked like it just tapered off so much. No, f- if you got into four hot, it was like you'd have like a four wheel bounce yeah. into the fence. Who else bent a three? Bent a woe link going for the lead. He bent more than a woe link, dude. He freaking unlike only caught like the last row of tires, so it was more like concrete. Like yeah, yeah, dude. Solid move to him though. Instead of like stopping the race, he just pulled over and then back down pit road. Yeah, yeah, I, man. I thought the cautions were called very well. Talk they about woes. Get the baconator up. machine wrecked in the same spot four times. Yeah, he was not having a great day. He needs to zip up his fire suit and get to work. <laughs> um, I here, you know, Higgy. Just sent me this, and this is the this is the difference between Shane Bangersberger winning the race and Christopher Bell not winning the race. And I think it's mindset, right? And I think there's something to be learned from from NASCAR guys here. So Shane Bangersberger is two spots behind Christopher Bell. Yeah. When Christopher Bell wrecks. Yep. When the caution comes out and they shorten the race, here's what Christopher Bell said on his radio in quotations: "Cautions out, they shorten the race. Say hey." taking 25 laps off of it. There's X amount to go. We're going to lap 75. This is Christopher Bell's reply. Well, there it is. They f***ed us. Now all those other jerks that pitted before they announced it already got fuel and tires. So a little adversity, he gets mad. That's the difference. Shane Vangusbergen did not. And I don't know if that's just, hey, a different mindset or Darian, you know, Darian notably won a championship with Tony Stewart, who immense talent, but also was one of the biggest head cases in the, the known to to drive these race cars. So can you where... can you fault him for getting mad? Yes, absolutely. I can fault him for getting mad because you're at that point you've built in an excuse. Yes, yeah, true. Right, like you have made an excuse why it's okay to lose. That's exactly what he did right there. Like, all right, now it's okay to lose. I go back to this because I was part of the team. He was only two spots behind me. On that restart, like, because we were actually on the, we got the break there because we, when I spun out by myself, we came in and put tires and fuel Dude, in them it. cutting the lap 25 laps short didn't put him in the tire barriers in turn one. That's true. Right? And if I'm on that team, 
that's what I like. Okay. So we just have made an excuse why it's okay. We've lost focus on the task at hand. Guy from New Zealand said, oh, okay, 25 laps shorter. Got to get work okay. hard. And he just drove up there and passed everybody. Yeah. And you had a faster Which, car than him. I'm not trying to hammer him too bad, but. Definitely a will. I, that's a, that's the mind. I think the mindset is what took him out of the race. I do. I don't think you're far off on the mark there. So that's like, if I'm, if I'm running, if I'm his crew chief today, we're having to talk about that. Because there's no room for it. What is productive about that language on the radio? Well, like, well, and, and Sparks gave me a little bit of that this weekend. I literally turned my windshield wiper on. It's, it's wiping the wrong side of the windshield. <laughs> I said, hey, guys. Uh, there's more right side I turns can, than I left, can, I guess. Like, good thing I can see out of the right side just fine. The left side's freaking got raindrops and mud on it. Can't see where I'm going. But the thing's going <laughs> from 12 to 3. And then it stopped working. And then it got stuck over at 3 o'clock. And I couldn't see, like, you know, the bottom four inches of the windshield mm. right where you need to see where the right side wall at mm. and then the wind just blew the wind like at least blew it up to like 45 degrees nice so i was like bitching about it like i like i found that thing i'm just like why can't we get a day in which and ryan's like i'm done i can't do anything about it just yep, drive the mother keep- and yep. i was like that's a good point yeah <laughs> i guess i'm gonna just keep going and stop bitching about it to the flip side of the christopher bell comment kyle bush and his crew chief make the call before NASCAR makes the call that we're going to shorten the race, they're like, "Hey, darkness is coming. Let's." let's. That's what Randall did. Yeah, yeah. Like they they calculated the time. Okay, yeah. sunsets at this time. We've got this, this, and this, and this mm-hmm. happening. Let's go ahead and you plan know. for yeah. eighty. So, yeah. like, yes, you can you can say that this is going to us, but at the same time, you could also take everybody's, the information that you have. Like everybody's every, got the same information. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, I, dude, I go back to Tony Stewart when we won the championship in 2011. We had problems on pit road all night, stuff that was a little bit out of our control. They had uh, got a, we got a hole in the nose. Daniel Smith got a lug nut stuck in his socket, and all Tony said was, they're going to really feel like shit after we kick their ass now, after all this stuff. And it, so nobody ever lost the mindset that they were going to lose the race. It was yeah. never like, okay, it's okay to lose. It's okay. Okay. Yeah, well, I'm the victim. So that that's where probably a little bit of maturing to do in the 20 camp. But what I will say, the dogs of the week. Now the 12 car won the my team. Wait, you're on the, dogs. Dogs. the 12 team? They won like the, the average, but we only did one pit stop that counted. It was a good stop. So shout out to us. What's a good stop for a backwards in the wet? 11-3-7. Okay. I think the four car did like an 11-2, but they had more than one. If you're waiting on fuel or something, it slows you down. So it just worked out for us. But the real dogs of the week are the guys on that 91 car because they come in part-time schedule. All you can do in this race is mess it up. Yeah. Like, and that's an immense amount of pressure. They don't get to pit so every So where week. do those guys, where do the, those, are those guys not on a cup car? Are they on Xfinity cars? Like, where do they find know. those guys? I don't know if they're on Xfinity cars or not. I know that a lot of times they'll do the third college car when it runs, but they don't Trackhouse has their two cars and then two colleg cars, so they would be not on either of them. Yeah. So they would be there. Who's the list? You got that list pulled up? Yeah, Chuck? I got that list. Let's hear it. Front changer, Kenyatta Houston. Oh. Yada the captain. Yada the captain, dog. I'm sure he's going to have some. Dog. Rapper, too. Dude, been, comes been around he, the sport for a long time. Yeah, he has. I'm sure he's going to come out with 45 years of age. Yeah, Check him out, man. He's, he's, he um, can write some bars. And he's one of the, you know, one of the main guys behind kind of the influencer aspect of what Trackhouse is doing, works on a lot of their content with them. So. Yep. All right. Tire carrier, Brendan Foley. 
Dog. Dog. You got the rear changer, John Patrick Keeley. You know him? Nope, but he's definitely a dog, dog this week. Fueler, J.P. Kelly. Dog. And the Jackman, Jonathan Willard. Tig. Is that his name? Tig's a dog. Tig. Yeah, he was. He played at Clemson. Oh. Linebacker. You do not want that guy to lay the wood to you. Nope. No, he he was on my car. Uh, they so when he was before they were Ganassi. Ganassi was a pit crew of mine. Uh, the first year at Spire. Tig was a jackman for mine. Shout out Tig. Definitely a dog. Shout out. But he don't like being called a dog. He's probably like being called a tiger. Oh. You know. Death Valley is that what they call that place? Yeah. Well. Claim so. Shout hey. out to those guys. They big, were big spraying win. some champagne. Nobody was happier than Gary Putnam. He was lo- everything I saw. He was losing it. I was so pumped for him. He's a racer. He's a dog for sure. Oh, car yeah. chief on that thing. Young Darren Grubb too. Modified dude. He's an old dog. Darren, no, he's a, just a dog. Darren Grubb is a stud, and um, he's like that dog that like hasn't fought in a little while, and he's just laying on the porch, just waiting for somebody to mess with him. I I don't know that he's not behind a lot of track house success. I think absolutely. I think he is. Like I don't know what his day to day looks like, but whether it's head of engineering and whatever, but he is. He's been there. He's done it. He's worked with guys like, you know, he came out of the Hendrick camp with guys Johnson, like Jeff Gordon, yeah. Jimmy Johnson, then goes and wins championship with Tony Stewart and builds that program, leaves there. He works at Gibbs with Denny Hamlin and, you know, ultimately ends up at Ganassi and Trackhouse and just the, the leadership and what, what he's able to bring to the table, man, is, is second. To it, oh, it's priceless Yep, to have a guy like that. Going to Atlanta this weekend. I heard they changed some pit road speed. Um, it's going to be faster on the apron, maybe 90 yeah. miles an hour on the apron and then 55 Yeah, at the, uh, at the line. So is, how does that change your approach to that? I don't know. We'll, cool. we'll mess with it tomorrow on the simulator. Yeah. Um, I think ninety miles. I think ninety miles an hour will be too fast to run three and four on the apron. No, or? it's bang. It's bang pretty good. Is it? Yeah. And I and after you're going 185, 90, you'll still feel like you're crawling. That's also why Chuck. We're not going to have a guest on this week because apparently stacking pennies is good luck, Chuck. Yep, we you're are, our guest. I'm the guest <laughs> of the show this week because yeah. so, I hey, don't want. I don't right. care about nobody else winning. This is our opportunity to go plug this thing in the playoffs and so we are what is your most embarrassing moment no <laughs> one track one car yeah. one track one car and then what's the third question yeah if you had to lose all your memories and keep one yeah, yeah. hopefully it's this weekend yeah, yeah hopefully it's this weekend uh, and why not we're gonna go do it and hopefully we got some some pretty good speed built into our car we qualify decent and just try to get track position early and take try to take some control of the race or at least be in those first two three rows when the pay window opens up you got to be in the first two i think if Within the last thirty laps, you got to be in the top four or five. Yeah, that makes sense. You're not Definitely driving from manufacturer. Driving, yeah, yeah. Manufacturer points are big, and a win could make our not even just this year, the next three years with historical money and all that. So, yep. you know, everybody wants to talk about, you know, you got to the last lap. You know, you got to make the move on in the last lap. What are you doing in the last lap? I said you got to worry about wh- how you race over the 398 miles before the last lap to put yourself in position to make the right move on the last lap. So you have to make all the right moves all day long, execute on pit road, have the right strategy, have good pit road rolling times, have a good pit stop. And then hopefully you might be able to be in position to where you can make a move for the win. So we've been there before and uh, particularly at Atlanta. So I'm excited and feel like our shot is as good as anybody's really is. So that's all I got for pit road boats and woes. We're going to get a little penny for your thoughts right after this.
VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. All right, guys, some time for some penny for your thoughts, questions. We've got a couple good ones this week, Chuck. What do we got? Our first one comes from Wesley at All That NASCAR. Wants to know, what does SVG's victory mean for the future of Trackhouse's Project 91? Does Justin's intended business model for the ride stay intact? Or does this, op- this performance open the opportunity for a charter pursuit? Uh, I think any, I mean, I think that that's why that, okay, there's a twofold answer there. I think the Project 91 stays the same. I think business model there to have three or four races a year to bring in international talent to will they race at Daytona 500 or some speedway races or obviously road courses that stays the same and I think that they're one of the major reasons as to why charters are so expensive is because the demand for them is so high there's I would say that every team that's on a four-card team would be in the market to purchase a charter as to why that there's 25 30 million dollars to be able to even have a conversation with somebody that might be willing to sell before the TV deal is announced. So I think that the charter pursuit for everybody, whether or not they are being outspoken about adding a third car or a fourth car is real. Um, and that's why the amount of this, those costs are, are so high uh, because, you know, the 2311 would probably buy one. Spire would probably buy one. I mean, if you can get your hands on another charter and you can beat somebody to the punch, that's a lot of value to your team. And then you figure out how to operate and get the people around it after the fact if you get essentially the golden ticket now when this new TV deal breaks and you get a little more purse money on the back end to sustain the the team and potential spending cap comes into play. Like, I think everybody that's not a four-car team is in the market for another charter. Where do you get a charter from? Not like they're... Making a charter factory where they're printing off new charters. Yes. Yeah. Or yeah. stork drops one yeah. off on your front. <laughs> you ain't getting that <laughs> charter easy. No, I mean, there's only a couple couple potentially willing sellers, right? I mean, I bet you you could see something on the front side of the garage, a four-car team downsized and something like that before. That. You know, there's been murmurs, and I'm not in the breaking news business, but, um, you know, anybody that kind of watches and ha- and knows some of the internals of some teams. There's, probably murmur, there's a little that. truth to every rumor. That's it. But it's not our it's not our. There There are take. teams that are probably having conversations as to buying them, and there's probably teams that are answering the phones to see what they're worth. If you want to listen to a podcast that takes industry secrets and leaks them out on the air, there's there's ones out there that do that. We're not the one. Yeah, and there's a lot. There's they also probably make up a lot of stuff that's not even real as well. Yeah, like so, fake twitters. Yeah, but that's not here. We just give you the truth, man. Nothing but the truth. So help me God. What's the next question, Chuck? This next question comes from at not Corey Lejoy. So, is, there, is that really a? Yeah, it's at not Corey Lejoy, oh, but sweet. it's also Corey Lejoy fan. Okay. Yeah. Big big fan. Yeah. <laughs> big big fan. I uh, said, if you could decide three international tracks that NASCAR would compete at, which three tracks would you choose? Also, great job on P14, bro. Three tracks international. You know, there's some murmurs of, of Montreal. Uh, Xfinity cars have already been there. I don't love that. I don't love the talk about us going there. I don't love that road course. Long straightaways, right, left. Long straightaways, right, left. What track? Montreal. I mean, you, gotta, you can pick three anywhere in the world. Yeah, I know that. But yeah, I'm heard. just saying I've heard that. If I was going to go 
Let's just. I would rather Monaco. even talk. About, no, I'd go to Monaco. Monaco. No, no, no that's theirs. Could, yeah, like, but like, they, let let them have theirs. We've got our know. stuff. Let's not take anybody else's stuff because it's not going to carry the weight as what theirs is. So I'd rather us have a Chicago street course and nobody else have it. I'd rather us have a Denver street course. I'd rather us have a New York street course and nobody else have it. Formula E did it once or a couple of times, but I don't, I don't you know. You would go to that. If you could pick, he said pick three tracks internationally. Yeah, there's a. You'd pick ba- that Vander, Vander, whatever that one. Oh, dude, that road course is sweet. Yeah. In uh, Austria? Is that? No, no, it's, it's a Dutch, Dutch, yeah, the yeah. Deutschland. Van Dort's where it's like the big bank corners. That one's pretty cool. That would be a badass actually road course for for cup cars. Uh, there's also a really cool oval in Mexico called Chihuahua. It's like five eighths concrete. It's like a mini Nashville, but bank like Bristol. That would be sick to go to. That would be the Netherlands where that one track would be. Yeah, let's go there. Or Vander, Vanderwood. Yeah, Mount Panorama. Let them have theirs. Yeah. Let them have theirs. I'm just, I mean, thinking a cool Man, track. Hang on. So let's let's go. If you had to put, if you had to move a street course around every year, what are the first three places you take it to? New York, London. Where in New York? I would, I mean, you might want to be on the, like the, you'd want it to be on the Hudson. So I don't know if you do it like on the Hoboken side or if you, I don't know what We need to go through like. a tunnel. Ooh. <laughs> I had a buddy that said something about like you should that we that NASCAR should add a tunnel like Monaco. That'd be so sick. That'd be so loud. Yeah. Um, now with the mufflers. Fair. Yeah. I think I think you got to go to the market too. Like I would like to go to Denver. Denver, or be Seattle. Cool. What I mean, what about like a is is are there any other cities like south, uh, like maybe like in New Orleans? Is there anywhere? You race. I mean, that, I think I think yeah. any of those cities would be great. I think like Minneapolis would be sweet. It's like I like after yeah. seeing the camera angles that we had in Chicago. One, I'm, I I want to go back and see it again with good great weather because the finish mm-hmm. the it was great mm-hmm. with the wet with the way the sun was setting. Everything looked amazing. So I'd like to think of places that would give us those great shots. Yeah, I mean, I just want to go to places that we don't go to. Yeah, yeah, right. And that's why I think that there's room to not go to places twice. Yeah, yeah. Because I've like 17 seasons, and 15 of them were just going to the you know, same be place a, uh, every week, all the time. Yeah. And that's why, I, you, you know, know a, you know, a place that would be uh, oddball, but there's a I find myself hearing a lot of people uh, that are race fans from this area, like Boise, like yeah. Idaho. Yeah, yeah. Like up in that. South Dakota, North Dakota, there's like yeah. literally no race within 12 hours of them. Yeah. Bring it right to yeah. them. Yeah, why not? With New York, what if you did something maybe like a Brighton Beach, Coney Island down there? Fourth of July weekend, go see Joey Chestnut. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hot dog. Met that guy, Indy. I know. I saw them do that. I watched He was wearing eating. a hot dog shirt. I watched him eating. Uh, I competed. I watched that thing this weekend and it was gross. It is freaking disgusting. When they dipped a bun in the water, you lose me. Sorry. <laughs> I, I yeah, ate, they're not they're not eating for their enjoyment. I, I ate mean, I nine could, hot dogs in front of Richard or seven hot dogs in front of Richard Petty like that. It was not fun. Did you make eye contact with him the whole time? Oh, well, yeah, <laughs> he had the sunglasses on. He invited me to a cookout afterwards. I, I politely declined. Yeah, That's a shame. <laughs> yeah, I I think any market. I think I would love to go at any city. I would do that any day of the week, like we did this past weekend. Um, I would obviously. You don't want to fall into like the typical racer trap. Like that was good. We need more. Yeah, but yeah, I like right. your London one. I said he said that. You said I that? like that too. I, I think there's that would some be sick. I, there's some de- there's definitely some international exhibition type cities 
And not even exhibition. I mean, they could be points races. That Cape Town, Brazil. Yeah. yeah, Cape Town, Brazil. <laughs> Y'all can go fuck yourself. <laughs> Yo. Um, any more questions? Um, well, to to the point that we were kind of getting at there, it, it kind of piggybacks off of that. Uh, piggyback from Higgy over there. Um, piggyback. Piggyback, uh, if you will. Sounds like a nasty shot at the end of the night. Now that we've had one year or one race on the street course in Chicago, we're let's say we're going back next year and we're doing it again. Mm. What are what are you tweaking? What are you changing? The biggest thing I would do would be add a pylon, like a scoring pylon in between one and six, like 150 feet tall, LED, kind of like uh, what's a nice pylon that we have? Daytona, Indies, a cool one, Michigan. super tall that you can see if you're in President's Club, whether you're over at the Chainsmokers concert, whether you're on the racetrack going down the front straightaway, you can look up and see where you're running. That's one thing you had no clue where you're running on the racetrack. So I think that would help the fans and just the overall. It would be a cool like center staple like a, you could have a you know a bunch of cool light shows on it if it's all led screens and stuff so i would recommend a scoring pylon i thought the track layout was really cool i would des i would give all the drivers a scooter all them steps oh yeah the driver, were brutal yeah. give the drivers a, a scooter yeah for I sure hope, not the people that are actually pulling the back people and forth not the not the chucks <laughs> that are uh dragging yeah. around for we did lifted cases to up. get over to the content pod over a pedestrian bridge Ugh. That oh, would, that's another thing. We need two more tunnels. We need one direction, bridge. one one direction. We need another yeah. one the other direction, yeah. and we need a hard card and a handicap one. Yes, yeah. and I also think that to to the handicap point, and which would also help out the utility people that are having to carry and push yes. stuff, ramps yep. instead of stairs. Yeah. Um, because and I would also Jeez. suggest a secure area on either end to stage and store content or uh, stuff that you need. Yeah. I know that takes a little bit more on the security side of things, but for, all right, if I wanted to, I would have to take all my camera gear back to the hotel or back to the mm. TV compound, which Every is, day? Oh, you're saying you didn't yeah. have a truck to put it in? Or a container it's, or something? We, we, we did, but it's over in the TV compound, or yeah. you take it back to the over hotel. Over a bridge. You'd want, like, like if there was pod. something in the cup garage that you could store. Yeah, or stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, like, even if it was in the media center, if they had an area that was, this is locked and shut at night. Yeah. and like, That's all. The big thing I would do pit road-wise would, and I think Denny touched on it with the 20 car, is the entrance when you yeah. took a right. Like, there's the first three pit stalls aren't used there, so probably take 25 feet off of that barrier because we almost saw a big issue there with the 22 and the 15. 25 feet off the end of the wall, pit road yep, wall. Yep, yeah, and then just move everything back 25 feet yeah. to kind of let that Because it was super tight. Super well, tight it, was, it was exposed because it was super slick painted lines. I think even if you were just doing a regular yeah. race with no – if everybody, would, just, if everybody just tried one not going so fast, it wouldn't be so bad. To your pit road question, I would also take the paddock club and move it back about 10 feet. Huh. To why? Because, so the only reason yeah, I say that. I, I would do the same. The reason I say that There's is because <clears throat> at one point when the 48 was trying to push their crash cart out, log jam. Yeah. And like they could barely get out. Non-issue if it doesn't rain. Because they move the pit boxes for you and they're there. That's just the rain that did that. No, I mean, Xfinity like, cars. They're really, the biggest thing they could do is not have the Xfinity cars, like we talked about with Ben Kennedy last week, because it just it just jams everything up. So, yeah, that. But that if, I was right there behind the forty eight. Yeah, we were pulling our box and I almost crashed our box and it was a mess. But it's a non-issue if there's no Xfinity race before it. So, but there were also there was also a time when tight. like people were trying to get up 
to I think it was Austin Dillon's or Kurt Busch's pit box and another log jam. But that's just right there at the paddock club because there's not a lot of space between. And those are nitpicky. Those are nitpicky things because an event that size is I didn't even realize how intricate it was and just how many conversations that Julie and her team had to have. But it ran fairly seamless. Yeah. Yes. I mean on the list of stuff that people are worried about. Yeah. They, like people like us, the ones that are getting paid to be there, we're probably on the bottom end of like nitpicky stuff that can be okay. You're going for fan experience, yep. making sure everything goes off, like safety, fan experience, making sure everything goes off a hitch. Broadcast. Where we store our cameras and our pit boxes is way at the bottom. But yeah. you know what I would put at the top of that that I think it delivered on, and that is the number one thing that we are all focused on, is a great product on the track. Mm-hmm. It was great. And it the rain showed helped up. that. Well, and, that's what, you know, you get, you get these people that are F1 fans and they are just, when you are comparing our sport to theirs, our racing on track product is exponentially better than theirs. And there was several people that I talked to that that was their first race this weekend. And like a similar comment from all of them were like, yeah, I'm not really into F1 anymore because Max wins by a half a lap every week. And you also know who's going to run top seven within a spot or two any given week. You don't know who's going to win any week. This Nashville last week, Chicago street race this week, Atlanta, like the the diversity of our schedule, dirt racing, street racing, super speedway racing, like it is legitimately a crapshoot. You get some, you know, educated guesses on guys who are going to be strong, certainly, but you don't like you have to watch to make sure you know who's going to be in contention. You don't get to like assume Kyle Larson is going to win every week. So our racing products better than everybody. That's what makes me wonder if. It's not, you know, it's not all about the the fanfare. Is not all about the on track, yeah, like racing. It's no. about the experience. It's about, you know, the where the race is, what's yep. going on around it. Yeah, people that are the there, hype around it, right? Yep. They're really, as far as on track performance, other than a little bit of a hiccup with our short track stuff right now, there's nothing better. So, I agree with that. Penny stack of the week. There was uh, there's a lot of people that. Love the pod, listen to the pod, give a shout out. So appreciate all those guys. But I think I gotta give a shout out to the penny taker of the week. Yeah. The petty cab guy. Yeah. Good for him. What was his Jeez, name? Jeez, I don't even want to know. <laughs> yep. Like he got a good payday. He taught me a life lesson and he went on down the road. So that's just a that's a teachable moment for everybody listening to the podcast. When somebody asks when the guy asks you, do you want to know how much it costs? You say, yes, sir. It yes. doesn't matter how much you want that ride. You ask first. I'm glad I could teach everybody today. I'm glad you guys got to witness a turning of a page and a chapter of the sport on what the direction it is heading for the next 75 years. Really and truly, it's going to look different than how it looked for the first 75. So I'm excited to be a part of that, small part of that, as I know Ryan is. And I appreciate you guys following along each and every week right here to Stacking Pennies. Tune in this weekend. We're going to do a little spare change for Hot Lana as well. And uh, I'll talk to you all next week. Bye.